Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Market Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. My name is Han Tan, market analyst at FXTM. And for today's episode, we are going to consider the implications of Brexit. Yes, that dreaded B word that we have grown so accustomed to over the past few years. Now, Brexit is set to happen on January 1st, 2021. No ifs, no buts. And uh, today is November 19th, so we are about six weeks out from the deadline uh, before which the UK and EU must agree to a trade deal or else we'll see a hard Brexit. So plenty at stake here and here to help us consider how Brexit is and will be affecting global markets. I'm now joined by Lukman Otunuga, Senior Research Analyst at FXTM, who's joining us from the UK. Welcome, Lukman. Thank you for having me here today. It's a pleasure. Indeed, it's a pleasure. But uh, I wonder if you'll be saying the same thing come January 1st, (laughs) whether or not you're in a similarly chirpy mood, depending on the Brexit outcome, (laughs) right? But look, I got to start with this, though. Okay, so you are there in London, UK. Do people even care about Brexit at this point in time? I mean, well, I would say what's the sentiment for the average Joe on the street, but you and I both know the UK streets are now empty right now because of the the lockdown, right? Do they care? I mean, that's a very interesting question you're asking, you know, and like, especially in my circle of friends, family, and when when I just say Brexit, you know, the, the way people just raise their eyebrows. And I feel, you know, people just feel that it's just passionate politicians in Westminster, Brussels, failing to see eye to eye on trade terms and divorce agreements years after the Brexit referendum. I mean, come on, Han. The historic vote took place back in June 2016. It took over three years for Brexit to officially happen. Now we are near the end of the 11-month transition period. So if I want to add more colour to this, imagine Brexit started like one of those blockbuster series with so much action, but now it's reduced to those low-budget TV shows with many fillers that just keeps dragging on and on and on. Nobody really wants to watch it, but here and there, people try to tune in just to see what's happening. I think um, (laughs) the last time I remembered bringing Brexit up you know, people are like, Brexit, what? Is it still happening? So it's a case where all the constant twists and turns, the back and forth, the uncertainty, deal, no deal, no deal, deal, has actually just caused a lot of people just to sweep this to the side. So it's still lingering in the background. I think people may start to care if there's a break deal or if there's a case that the UK actually leaves the EU with no deal in place. But till then, it's one of those things that's just lingering in the background like that like an annoying fly if I was to pull it like that and yeah you're right it seems like people are just just so blasé about it already now I'm all the way in Kuala Lumpur Malaysia I don't uh, really have a sense of what's happening on the ground there Um, I could only rely on Google search results all right and if you look at the search results on Google yeah it is nowhere near as popular a search compared to what we saw in 2016 in fact right now on the day of this recording if you look at what's trending on Google for the UK um well I think one thing is for certain you guys are still a very 
um, football-centric country. All right, England versus Iceland is the fourth most searched term. That's the Nations League tournament that's going on right now. Uh, PS5, that's big with you guys right now. Um, Bitcoin is in the top 10 searches, right? So it's basically everything else but Brexit. And, and we'll get into the possible market implications uh, here in just a bit, you know, because obviously in the markets, you've got to stay vigilant over these risks, right? Because it could prompt wild moves in the sterling, in UK equities, right? But I want to just focus uh, on this, you know, for lack of better terms, this perceived apathy among the folks out there. Now, I mean, Lukman, you will recall this. So we do this monthly Outlook webinar, right? And back in the September webinar, we posed this question to our attendees asking whether they still cared about Brexit. And similarly, even from back in September, about 90% of our respondents said they either don't follow or just don't care about Brexit anymore. You remember that, right? I remember that like it was just yesterday. Like, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. At this point in time, we still cannot rule out a no-deal Brexit. So, you know, for those who are perhaps unprepared for it, they're just going to get caught out. Yeah, certainly. I think um, if, I can, if I can get a pound for every time I've said hard Brexit, I think I'll be a millionaire right now. You know, I, there's just been so much back and forths, lefts and right, ups and downs. And it got to a stage where nobody really knew what's happening. Like, for example, earlier this week, there was this wave of optimism over the UK and European Union, you know, striking a deal, you know, just before the transition period at the end of December. But then... Earlier today, we had reports that the EU is making backup plans for a no-deal Brexit. So I think this is putting many people on an emotional roller coaster ride. And it's come to a stage where we need to see results and we'll probably get the results by the end of 2020. So now, before we get into the possible scenarios and the possible outcomes, now in case you have not been following up on the Brexit developments, and I don't blame you because there have been too many developments to really stay on top of, but just to kind of get you up to speed, so where we stand right now, six weeks before the end of the transition period, is that the UK and EU are trying to sort out a trade deal for life after Brexit, right? So if they cannot reach that deal, um, then we could see a no-deal Brexit. So look, man, I think the most pressing question here is, if we do see a no-deal Brexit, what do you think is going to transpire in the FX markets, in equities what do you think is going to happen oh boy so just a, a breakdown so a no-deal brexit will simply result in the uk eu reverting back to you know world trade organization terms meaning there's going to be higher tariffs and quotas now i think this is the last thing the uk needs right now especially when it's still nursing those deep wounds inflicted from covid19 i'm no fortune teller but i think a no-deal brexit may set in the pound tumbling across the board it may actually send the pound us dollar back to generation lows levels not seen since 1985 around 1.14 1.15 in a nutshell this will provide another argument for me to postpone any holidays in parts of europe well, as if uh, the pandemic is even letting you consider holidays. What are you talking about, man? Like, you know, All right, what were those key levels that you mentioned for the pound dollar again? Generation lows, so 1.14 to 1.15. And since we're speaking about, you know, euro and, you know, euro and pound, looking at the euro pound, I'll be looking for a move towards 92.60 and a no deal Brexit scenario. And keep in mind right now, as we are looking at some live prices, you've got the... 
uh, pound trading at 132, 1.32 against the US dollar. And we have seen uh, the pound really been able to take advantage of that weaker dollar. At the same time, the other narrative is that a lot of these expectations that a deal will be secured before the deadline, I think those uh, that kind of optimism has been baked in into the pound's performance of late. I mean, would you agree with that? It, it certainly, but I think um, this is the theme that we've seen on and on and on. I think probably this may be a little bit different because now we've got this um, ultimate deadline which, you know, cannot be changed. You know, the UK had the opportunity to extend this deadline um, back in mid-2020, but they didn't. So it's, it's a case where... There's no choice now, you know, it's either this or nothing. So markets are really expecting there's going to be some sort of last minute deal. And this is what's translating to the rise in pound. But look, over the past four and a half years, we've seen this on and on and on, you know, and my mantra, especially with Brexit, is always expect the unexpected. Looking at the pound's performance and given how much it's strengthened, not just against the US dollar, but also against most other G10 currencies, if they do strike a deal though, Right. If the EU and the UK can achieve a post-Brexit trade deal, is there much more upside left in the pound, you think? I think there's still some upside left. Look, uh, a positive outcome, a deal will actually be a breath of fresh air that removes another layer of uncertainty to the UK economy. You know, and this could be the tonic that it needs, especially when it's still dealing with renewed lockdown restrictions and COVID-19. So, you know, a deal, an outcome where a deal is secured, the pound US dollar has the potential to trade back towards um, the 138, 137, 138 regions. You know, there's still more upside because it's 50-50. On one side of the equation, there's a group of people that, group of investors that feel that no deals happening on the other side. Some people are still optimistic. So I, I think there's still upside on the British pound if a deal is secured. Now, just to give you folks other points of reference in the markets, uh, looking at the options, right? FX options. Out of all the G10 currencies and how they are expected to perform against the US dollar over the next two months, the pound has the second most bearish outlook. Okay, Norwegian kroner is in first place and it's expected to be the worst performer against the dollar over the coming months and that's because of the uncertainty surrounding oil prices. Second most bearish outlook goes to the pound. Now, in terms of implied volatility, right, and this is the word that uh, you will hear Lukman and I use quite often in our daily market reports, which are posted on the website, but also in our webinars. The pound is, once again, expected to be the second most volatile G10 currency against the US dollar over the next three months. First place, again, goes to the Norwegian kroner, right? So these are the kind of risks that markets are trying to guard themselves against in case the unexpected happens, like Luman said, right? Expect the unexpected. So while we are seeing the pound strengthening, right, over the past few weeks, yet there is a certain amount of caution being baked to the markets. All right, uh, so Lukman, besides Brexit, uh, what other major events or factors are you looking at when uh, trying to project how the pound will perform going into 2021? Other key factors, I think, of course, would be COVID-19, as, um, you know, the 
cases are surging in the UK. They've been averaging over 20,000 a day and the impacts of renewed lockdown restrictions. The Bank of England, you know, fears as well that there's fears rising that the UK is actually heading for another double dip recession. Now, this naturally would be negative for the UK pound and the FTSE 100. We've already seen the Bank of England actually expand quantity reason to support the UK economy. But now there's talks over the central bank possibly cutting interest rates to 0% in December. That will be a really interesting development. And, you know, when we look at the pound's valuation because of this um, year to date, the pound has actually weakened against almost every single G10 currency since the start of 2020. And the FTSE is down over 15%. Now, I think this is very interesting because we know the correlation between a weaker pound and a FTSE 100 because you know a chunk of FTSE 100's you know company revenues are from overseas so when the pound weakens you know that means more revenues for them but there's been so much uncertainty and so much going on in the UK that the pound and the FTSE 100 you know have been in the dumps look 2020 has been a rough year for the UK but it's not alone. I think this is the theme across the world. I believe um, the next uh, six weeks uh, are going to be very, very wild. I was looking at the timetable. We've got a couple of, you know, summits with the EU. Um, a key date you should all look at is uh, December the 16th, where the European Parliament is scheduled to vote on any deal. So this could be a really, really big day. I mean... Look, it's not going to be a quiet Christmas for the British pound of the UK economy. So, you know, fasten your seatbelts and prepared for more Brexit drama. Probably this um, low-budget TV series could have a blockbuster ending. Let's see. <laughs> Let me end with this, all right? So, you know how we started off this conversation, Lukman, by talking about how much people are just jaded uh, or how they, are, they seem to be apathetic about Brexit and the potential risks, right? Well, how about this? So, Lukman, this applies to you as well. It's estimated that in the yeah. event of a no-deal Brexit, the electricity costs for British households are set to rise by collectively £2 billion next year. Oh, my God. And you could lose, the UK could lose about 7% of their energy. So, you know how we, uh, you see in emerging markets with poor infrastructure, they tend to have blackouts, right? So, that could be the UK in the post-Brexit era. So, if people don't care now, I think they will once they see their electricity bill if there is a hard Brexit. I mean, when was the last time you saw a blackout in your home? Does it happen often? Nope. Um, and the last time it happened, um, I was compensated. They actually gave me a, a free um, gas cooker. You know, I was hoping for more blackouts. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. that's interesting. What year was this? Uh, this was like three, four years ago. Um, it was due to flooding. So, um, you know, it was a wide-scale blackout in the area I was living in. And as a thank you, they just gave everyone free electric um, gas cookers. But yeah, it's uh, it's serious. If this becomes a reality, Han, um, I think I'll probably join you in Malaysia. You know, um, yeah. This is <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, blackouts happen fairly often here in Malaysia. Oh, no. <laughs> and trust me, they are no fun. But what is fun is the time spent chatting with you. So thank you so much for your time and your insights, Lukman. <laughs> and thank you for listening to this episode of Markets Extra. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. It's available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And make sure you tune in to our next episode because a little extra can go a long way. <laughs>